Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am one of your hosts, Monica, and we are joined once again by our co-host Glenn. Say hi, Glenn. Hi guys. Hi, hi. everyone. Yes. Guys, today we're going to be talking about Moon Knight. Uh, the day we're recording this is on Tuesday, so that means the day after is going to be the Moon Knight finale. So by the time this podcast is uploaded, which will probably be like Thursday morning, mm. People already have seen it. So we're going to take the time to break down episodes one through five, talk about our thoughts, talk about how we felt, talk about what we liked about it, what we didn't like, overviews, all that stuff. And but before we... <laughs> I was going to say, and even better, you guys get to hear us be wrong. Because we're going to obviously make predictions about what's going to happen in the finale. And by the time you hear this, you'll know, yeah. oh, they got that wrong, they exactly. got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm someone who, like, I cannot watch things when they air. I have to wait a second before I get into it. And like, oh my gosh, I'm excited for the finale, but also I'm very, very nervous. Mm -hmm, But uh, mm -hmm. before we get into that, uh, we're going to do something a little different. So in the beginning of our podcast, usually we talk about things that we can't wait to watch. In our segment, can't wait to watch. We talk about movies and TV shows that are coming out that we simply cannot wait to see. But uh, on Monday... It was the Met Gala. Yeah. And we were thinking that we're going to talk about some of our favorite Met Gala looks just for a little bit, just like a few 10 or 15 minutes, you know, give us our, give our thoughts. Uh, have the Vanity Fair article pulled up right now. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about the looks, our favorite looks, looks we liked, looks we didn't like. Uh, I was on Twitter last night. So I kind of saw like, you know, all the, um, I saw most of the looks, not all of them, but I saw a good chunk of the looks. And a lot of the looks that I saw, I really liked. And I know that people are upset that like Beyonce and Rihanna and Zendaya and like Timothy Chalamet, they weren't there. But like the people who did show up, they really did show up and show out. Mm-hmm. You know, because Gilded Age fashion is not that hard to replicate. And a lot no. of people like understood the assignment. So, which is a nice change. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's so nice that people like actually like read the like pressing press brief that like you're given to and like they're like okay let's put some effort into this you know so uh yeah i'm just gonna put some time let's just do 15 minutes all right, all right. All right so i'm gonna share my screen and we're gonna start from the top of this vanity fair article okay oh my gosh i was already like going through this before because i just wanted to make sure that this was like the full list because sometimes um news outlets only use like okay here's the full list but really it's just like the their favorites and it's like girl this ain't everybody that was there come on now. Mm-hmm. and okay you got it yep awesome so we're going through looking at all the megalics of 2022 first one up is Janelle monet Looking amazing. Yes. And Ralph Lauren. Okay. I, so I love it. I love the dress. I love, here's the thing. I love the shape of like the headpiece down to like the necklace sort of thing and the bracelet. Mm-hmm. I just wish that it didn't look so zebra-esque. If it was just a slightly mm. different color or different pattern, I think I would like it more because I love the silhouette that it gives. Mm-hmm. It just feels a little animal print. Okay. I wish it was like tighter on her. You can see like where it's a little loose. Mm-hmm. I just wish it like it clung to her body. That's yeah. cute. She looks obviously, I mean, no one here is really going to look like horrible 
Um, she looks amazing. Yeah, she looks stunning. I love the little trail too. It's just, it's just a, it's just yes. a cute trail. Just, a, just a touch. Because you don't need something too long. Because obviously you're going to dinner, so like if you have like three people carrying your dress with you, That's it's kind of awkward. Yeah. That's, that's very nice. It was the it. moment for a while, though, when everyone yes. had their giant trains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of giant trains, we have Miss Blake Lively, right, Reynolds? Mm-hmm. Yes. Looking very nice. I think she did, like, a little costume change on the stairs at the Met Gala. And this, like, her dress looks great. And he yeah. looks great, too. Like, I love the suit and everything. They're so cute together. It'd be very hard for Ryan Reynolds to look bad, though. Let's yeah. Let's just write that out. Um, yeah. But I do like the dress. I like this little like bow, or I'm not exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly a bow, but like the little extra fabric she has on the side. Um, because it's a cute as- uh, asymmetrical look. Yes, yes, and I love like Ryan's like suit because like I know we're all tired of, like the simple suit for men, but this is like very nice, kind of a velvet look to it, and like it fits him well, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'd love to see it. And of course, like the tiara, the earrings, the jewelry, everything about it, just gorgeous. Gorgeous, yes. All right, we're going to Miss Lala. Yes, that's Lala Anthony. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like the dress, you know. I do feel some type of way about the stitching, but I feel like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's not, I just, based off of some of the other looks that I've seen and some of the looks we've looked at already, it's not Mm -hmm. to part. Hmm. I think that like with the hat, it gives Gilded Age, but it's gonna be more like a modern Gilded Age, you know. Which yeah, is like definitely twenty first century. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I like the front part. I feel like the front part as a top would be really cute. I don't know. How I feel about it like like a corset, oh, and then that's the- that might be what is throwing me off. If you take off the actual skirt part, and like mm-hmm. if you replace it with something else, just look at like the top part. That's just a club dress. Like, if you mm-hmm. remove the skirt, that's just cut club dress type cut to it, where, like, the skin is exposed. Mm-hmm. If you had it a little bit longer, so it went down to, like, her mid-thigh, maybe even to her knee. Not even to her knee. Mid-thigh. That would just be a normal club dress that you could see anyone wearing out. I think that's what throws me off. It's cut very much like a club dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. I mean, I give it, like, a 7 out of 10, you know? Yeah. It's not bad by any means. No. It's just, you know, it, it, it could have been, been adjusted a little bit. Yeah, there could be some adjustments. Okay, Vanessa Hudgens. Get us very much Gilded Age Vampire. Okay, cheekbones. Oh my gosh. I like it. She showed up in that Netflix money. She was like, yeah, I'm literally the only reason why Netflix is still relevant. So she's like, you know, when Christmas rolls around, y'all already know what it is. Yeah. Just right, the Princess, the Princess Switch number five, six, and seven are coming out this December. Mm-hmm. Booked yeah. and busy. Yes, we love it. She said, let me take this little skirt from Coachella and just like, just do it up a bit. Just like, dress it up a little bit. And, you know, I like it. Yeah, it looks great on her. You were right about the cheekbones. Like, they yeah, are yeah, yeah, yeah. cutting. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. people stay, I, I, it does go very well, very vampire aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's specifically what she was going for, but that's where it's given. And I love it. Everything about it. It's beautiful. It's black. It's sexy. It's mesh. Like, it's just, it's it also. Like, what more do you want? 
Yeah. Oh. And the thing is like there are puff sleeves and a lot of times when people do like mesh outfits, they do a little bit too much, but this just like has the right amount of like, you know, lace around the titty and like a little mm-hmm. puff around the shoulders to give it like the shoulder pads feel a little train in the bag just to cover like her butt, but like you see her legs, like everything together is just like beautiful. It's very nice. Like sometimes people have mesh gowns. It looks like something off of like forever, the forever 21 rack, but this. this I is- think that's what adds to the vampire sec. It's elegant. Yes. It's, it's, sexy but mm-hmm. elegant yes we love it all right i don't know who this person is but it's lisa love um we're gonna get flamed for not knowing who she is i don't like it you like it i don't like it okay good i was about to say please no yeah let's just go past this one um this is rachel smith it's giving TJ Maxx. What even are those patterns? Like, what are they? Is this, is are those supposed to be like flowers? Are these like I, I hate the belt. Lilies? I hate the purse. I hate the dress. I love her. She's very beautiful. But like, this is like, if you could make this like maybe like a different kind of dress, but maybe without the belt, without the sleeves, it could be cute. But without the purse too. Look at the yeah, purse. Yeah, without the purse. If you just went and changed, this could be amazing. Just change your outfit. <laughs> Let's uh, go on to... Hamish Bowles. Uh, I don't know who this is, but I do love the hairpiece. I like this right here. I love the hairpiece in the cane. It's very, very classy. Very. Like I, don't, I want like British yeah. gentlemen, like mm-hmm. Mary Poppins, British gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We see you. All right. We have Miss Emma Chamberlain, Queen of Relatability. Okay. Louis Vuitton. I'd say the front of the dress is a lot better looking. Yes, absolutely. I don't know why they took a picture, why we got the picture of the back. Because the yeah. front, here's the thing, I saw, uh, it was uh, one of the, one of our friends was talking about this, I think. Maybe I just oh, yeah, saw her yeah, video yeah, as Tess. well. Yeah, Tess, Tess talked yeah. about this. I think she said she doesn't love this dress. Mm-hmm. However, she can very easily see it becoming a trend for the next like year or two. Yeah. So even though this by far wasn't her favorite dress there. She was like, I already know that every single girl is going to be wearing a dress like this the next award show or like the next show because this is going to become the new trend. I do want to say this is one of those moments where it's like, this is only a cute dress because it's on a thin person. It's very much so, very much so. Yeah. The look together, I don't like. The shirt gives me like, you know, cider? Yeah, the Mm -hmm. shirt's giving me cider. Yeah. Cider vibes. If you don't know what cider is, it's a clothing company that advertises a lot on TikTok. I feel like it took the white part off the top right here and just like brought this down to the shoulders and had like some cute jeans. Mm-hmm. It'd be a cute top. The skirt is cute. I like the necklace. I like the tiara. I love the makeup, but like all together, it's just like Yeah. But I not... am but if it does become a trend, I would be interested in seeing how this improves, you know? Like, how does this idea, this silhouette, this cut mm-hmm. get better? Because this obviously could be a lot better. There is mm-hmm. so much potential with something like this. Obviously for specifically thin people, but. Yeah. Miss Anna Wintour is giving us um, curtains. This literally reminds is me it, of like. Isn't Anna Wintour the one like who runs the Met Gala? Yes. Mm-hmm. Should we watch what we say? Let's just move on. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm trying to get invited to the vet gala. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, these are two people I do not know, but her dress is beautiful. I just want to say that. It does look like something I would find at Ross, but nevertheless, it is beautiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have definitely seen a dress like this at Ross, but it's still beautiful. I mean, they're both very cute. They're a very handsome couple. So, yeah. 
next is our King Franklin Leonard. Um, sir, what's going on? I, I have no this? idea. What is going on here? Why does he have different trousers? These trousers kind of look like sweatpants. Oh, oh, they do. Mm-hmm. I don't like the blue. I was too distracted by like the silhouette to even notice like the material. Yeah. It's getting very much tweed, very much wool, very soft, very thick. Um, you know, Franklin Leonard is known for having, I think it's called, I'm going to look it up real quick, but essentially he has this program where like you can take uh, screenplays that people don't really like listen to or know. Okay, it is called The Blacklist. And it's a yearly publication featuring Hollywood's most unpopular, unproduced screenplays. And he was like really popular and he rose to a lot of prominence around the time of Oscar So White. So, you know, I do respect him and his work. Although I have to say that this outfit is, is not- It's not something that I'm really respecting. Mm-hmm. I hate it. That's just, yeah. I, I wasn't sure how mean you want to be, but I do not. <laughs> there's not a single thing I can point to and be like, I like this part of this outfit. It just yeah. seems also like the a random mess. blue part is just like what? It's throwing me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to uh, Rahika Jones. Not sure who this is. Um, not a huge fan of the dress. She's very pretty, but I don't like it. It gives me like you know, like a placemat vibes it does it really does but like table mats you know you put on the dining room table to set the table this is what it looks Um, like mm -hmm. yeah yeah let's move on let's be nice um wow autumn the wild what kind of woods are you frolicking through in this outfit no like the yes absolutely but like it's cute i'm not sure if it gives everything it's supposed to but at least like i love the colors i love that like sand almost tannish with that light pink i think it looks really cute it's eye-catchingly shimmery the Mm -hmm. little the hat is such a cute touch i'm not sure if i love it but it's cute i do have to say this outfit possibly if it was on a thin person there may be like a different feel but i feel like even if it was on a thin person i still wouldn't like it i don't feel like it's my vibe it's giving me raincoat you know it's going to be like Madeline lost in Paris. <laughs> it does. It I, does. I need to go. I need to leave. Um, Leibowitz. What do we think? It's very baggy. Yeah. Actually, it's not very figgy. Obviously, I'm no. guessing that was on purpose, but mm-hmm. I don't see it's, it really like adding anything interesting to it. Yeah. I mean, I do have to say the white suit, I'm not mad at it. I kind of like it. But at the same time, like this dress like the color doesn't help and the weird pink lines don't help and the fact that it's like not even on her body in a way that's flattering even though she's very beautiful obviously but like the the dress could look better it could look so much better and yet Mm -hmm. it looks like this that's my problem and i agree it's just it's just not it's not no uh next is tom ford he looks great i mean it's a suit you know what i mean yeah very nice. Very, very nice. hard to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know who this is, but I am here for it. I don't know who this is, but I'm about to follow him. Oh my gosh. Who is this? We have to look up right now. We have to look up right now because he's actually really attractive. This man's very handsome. Very interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he said, I may destroy you. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. Okay. 
Very handsome indeed, yes. Oh, and he, why is he, my goodness. But, <laughs> Sorry, I was about to, I was about to start screaming. But I was just, I'm just mad, that's all. Cause I went to his Instagram and uh-huh. I was like, okay, harder, harder, harder. I'm loving it. I'm loving everything I'm seeing. And then I made the mistake of like looking up at like the top of the Instagram. I was like, wait a second. How is this gorgeous man, absolutely stunning, beautiful sense of style over here rocking 30K? Mm-hmm. You know that if, that if anyone else was dressed even half as good as this, at least 700,000 in a second. Right. In absolutely. a second. Bro, I know girls who went to my high school who have more followers than him. He deserves more. He really does. He's very, very handsome. Yes, especially with the beard. Like the full beard? Wow. It is stunning. Wow. I'm about to go watch um, I May Destroy You. I mean, we have to. <laughs> I mean, we should have watched it by now. But like, yeah, we, <laughs> we, should have, we should have. <laughs> <laughs> we have to now because this look is amazing. I will support this man. This look is amazing. This is a phenomenal look. We love to see it. Yes. Uh, we have Tommy Dorfman. Okay. How do you feel? I don't like that. It looks like plastic. No, not, mm. not even plastic. It looks like a fruit wrap. Like I could lick that. I could eat it. Like, you know, those ones, like the ones that like you could give yourself like a tattoo, like if you like held it against your skin, like those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's like. Fruit roll up. That's the proper name. Mm-hmm. It looks like fruit roll up material. I do have to say, Tommy looks amazing. Okay, the outfit is coming. I do wish the gloves were green as well, you know, just to like have like a monotone kind of look. I do want to say this is a kind of dress that looks good on somebody with like, a Megan the Stallion kind of body. Oh, this yeah. dress mm-hmm. needs curves, it needs silhouettes, it needs titties. Not to say that like Tommy doesn't look great, of course, but like the dress it begs for curves. That's why the dress needs more. Yeah, the dress needs some titties, you know. But Tommy's giving absolutely. We love to see it. Lemelo Miranda with his beautiful wife Vanessa. Um, I kind of like, okay, I like that she popped up the foot so we could see the shoe. I kind of like it. I kind of like the dress, you know, his suit, you know, it's giving gilded, you know, all together, they look very cute. It's giving me secondary colors. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the bright colors. I like the pop, you know, he looks happy. He's smiling. He's with this girl, you know, very nice. I can't really say anything wrong about it. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, the suit is a suit, you know, it's how it looks. Okay, Casey Musgraves. She's giving me Easter Sunday with that hair. It is Bell very the Easter ball. Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the feather fan, though. I like the fan. I don't know if I like the dress, though. Nah, that's why I said the feather fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like, I think I would like the dress more if there weren't so many gems around it. And maybe if, like, the skirt was, like, not in this shape. I don't know. Maybe, like, something that was, like, a little... Either like bellow it out or make it like cling, like cling to my legs. You know what I mean? Like this whole thing that's giving it like the shape of a Pringles can. I don't like it. It is very, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next up, I don't know who these people are, but I don't but, like, I don't like it. It's giving me beehive. I was about to say, I'm going to be mean. Can I be mean for just one second? Yeah. It's giving finished corn on the cob. 
Oh, and that's man. the first thing that I thought. Like when it's done, like you just finished, mm-hmm. like that's what that's what it looks like. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Absolutely. Yeah, and his suit isn't any better. No, nah. sorry, my guy, it's not. It's not giving. All right, Kaya Gerber, I believe. Very cute. I like the hair. Yeah, I like. It's bold. She was like, like she was like in the Gilded Age. I would have been burned at the stake for being a witch, and I'm okay with that. I think I like the dress, but just not like the cut of the top of it. You know what I mean? Maybe like if you give me like a heart line, an A line, or like uh, mm. off the shoulder. But this right here, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's doing a little too much. I think the bottom part is beautiful, gorgeous, obviously, but this top part right here is not cute. I mean, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Next we have Janissa Bravo, director of Zola. You know, the movie that was based off of that Twitter thread from years ago. I like this. I like it a lot. I like the little detail right here on the suit. Mm. I think it's very cute. I like her little hat thing, the earrings, the makeup. I like the tilt of her head, everything about it. And the shoes. I love the shoes. Ah. I love the shoes. It went for it. It's uh, good. Uh. It's like, it's very simple, but there are like little details to it that kind of like, you know, give it a little oomph, you know? And almost uh, the fact that, so it could have so easily come across like clownish or cartoonish, but it's like just on this side. It's mm. just on the side of like elegant, maybe even almost a little bit mm-hmm. funny, but without being like, oh, she didn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. It's good. All right. Uh, next up, Austin Butler. Yes, King. I am so happy Austin Butler is in that Elvis movie that's coming out because mm-hmm. a lot of people only know him from like Disney Channel or like movies or like Disney Channel, uh, ABC Family, Awesomeness TV type of movies or you know, projects, but him being in this Elvis movie, man, he deserves. And I mean, he looks good. Yeah, I really like this. <laughs> Is it different? Not really. Is it no. like not that special or unique? No. But does he look good? Yes. Sometimes he it's looks all you great. need. Yes. Sometimes like, it's all you need. The makeup, the tan, the hair, like the suit is just so sexy and simple. Like he looks good. Shout out to him. Next up is oh my gosh kelvin harrison jr in prada what do we think i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm confused i don't hate it Mm. there's just nothing i can say that i like about it i do have to say i don't like how big this suit is it is giving like winters in new york you know, it's giving, like, I have a deacon meeting right after this, so I gotta swing on by. Like, I love his hair. I love the braids, the beard, everything. The blue, the purple and the yellow is wonderful. I am so transfixed by this trend of people having pants that blend into their shoes. I I don't know how to feel. I think maybe if we lost the jacket, or maybe, maybe. the jacket was maybe. not this long. There are elements of this that work together. And like, he's so handsome. I just want to give him like, I just want to say like, he, I, like there are parts of that I like, but like, I don't know, man. Maybe it's the jacket. I think it's just the jacket that's throwing me off. Yeah. We can mm-hmm. walk it without the jacket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I still want to go on points because he's so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh Lord. Oh. <laughs> My mom has a hat exactly like this. 
And does your mom oh. look good in it? <laughs> I mean, better than Leslie does. So I'm sorry. I. How do you feel? How do you feel, Leslie Odom Jr. and Fendi? It's amazing how expensive these brands are, and yet they don't. Some of them don't look that great. If the hat wasn't there, I wouldn't mind it. I guess so. The hat does kind of look like an offering plate. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Without the hat, it would mm-hmm. look good. Yeah. Without the hat, fine. Priscilla Presley and Prada. Uh, it's getting a funeral. It's very um, Audrey Hepburn. Like the cut. Mm-hmm. It's very much that era that that um her silhouette. Mm-hmm. Especially with that hat. Especially with the hat. I'm just gonna say I don't like it. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't it's, like it. It's boring. Laquan Smith. Okay, here in his prom tux. Straight from JC Penny. It wow. Uh, Sorry, no scroll down. What brand is it with? It doesn't even say. So it is JC Penny. Let's let's leave him alone. Uh, Camila Mendez. Okay, this is Gilded Age. This is very much. I think that her nails probably shouldn't be black. Maybe like a gold, like a nude. But I like this. I like it. Her hair, the dress, the sheer gloves, the little jewelry. It's nice. Yeah. I I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. I'm a little bit iffy, but I'm going to say I like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Uh, we have Mr. Baptiste and Ralph Lauren. It's still giving me TJ Maxx, but you know, yeah. we can work with it. I don't like how like this black is like darker and this is like a soft black and then this is like a soft black too. Yeah. Like, if you can't match your blacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just not... It just needs to all work together, you know? Yeah. Uh, Amy Schumer. Oh, my gosh. Why is she <laughs> this here is the about be- cosplay? Why is she here about a black cosplay? Is the dress under the coat? <laughs> it needs to be. What is she wearing? This is a Gilded Age. What is this? This is going to be secret service. No, this this is literally the reverse of Gilded Age. Like, however far in the past the Gilded Age is from us, that's how far she went to the future. She was thinking very spy, very Blade Runner 2049, very um, cyberpunk. And not even like good, just like spy and cyberpunk. We need to stop inviting her to things. Uh, next up, we have Maud Aptow. I like it. It's very cute. I've been, yes. I've been following her since Euphoria, and she's been around. She's been getting it. I usually like what she's wearing. Yes, it's giving, it's giving Greg Gatsby. Very much so. Uh, but it's not giving Daisy Buchanan. It's just giving Great Gatsby. Yeah. She'll like, she be invited to the yeah, she'll be invited to the parties. She's not the parties. She's just yeah. not the love interest. Mm. Mm. Just like Matt. Just like what's her character name? <laughs> what's her character name? Leslie? Um, I can't oh. I can't remember. I feel wow. so Wow, the fact that we forgot her character. Sorry, Maud. We Sorry, love Maude. you though. We, we love you. okay, we know her name, but that's important. Yes. That is important. Uh, Ven- Ven- Venus Williams. All right. It's not Gilded Age. It looks looks cute. It's not. It looks Gilded good, Age. but it's not on theme. Yeah, I like the purse. But if you can't be on theme, the least you can do is look amazing. So and and she does mm-hmm. and does and that's what's important. Chloe Kim, Olympic gold medalist. What are we thinking? Uh, it's giving snowball. Like, you know those, um, those like, Walmart desserts or whatever? <coughs> You're wrong with that. 
<laughs> I am not. Wait a second. I'm gonna look it up right now. Snowball. I'm gonna say it right now. This is the kind of dress you wear to a really fancy cotillion when you're like about to like when you're a senior in high school. Wait a second. Wait a second. No, I look. don't like the top though. The top does not match the bottom. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Jesus, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, I, I agree. Very cotillion dress. Yeah. It's not giving Gilded Age. It's cute. She looks great. I don't like the top. I think it doesn't match the rest of the dress. I feel like maybe if the feathering went all the way up to her titties, that'd be great. But like this part is just not it. It kind of looks like this part kind of looks like um, 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 a blanket or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Next up, we have Joan Smalls and Tom Ford. She looks good. Yeah. Yeah, it's she not does. Gilded Age, and the dress kind of gives me masking tape. Very much so. Uh, I feel like less is more with this dress. I don't know what to say about it. I really don't. It just looks kind of messy. Listen, when it comes to the Met Gala, you need to dress on theme. You need to look good. And y'all can't just show up with a dress that you pulled up from the back of your closet and be like, this is kind of on theme. If we're going to spend all this money, if y'all gonna parade your wealth in front of us, at least look good, okay? Put some effort into it. Um, this list is long as hell. So we're like 20 minutes into this. Mm. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stop sharing my screen real quick. I'm gonna go on Twitter. I'm gonna find every single tweet I liked from last. <laughs> I'm gonna go through the uh, tag and we're gonna find some looks. Cause let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, okay, here we go. Just a quick five minute last review of the Met Gala and then we can mm -hmm. move on to Moon Knight. All right, I'm gonna share my screen. Just Twitter, don't, okay, great. Uh, Dua Lipa. I didn't see any pictures of her last night, but this is like the only picture I saw of her. Mm -hmm. Same, yeah. same, because I remember seeing this on Twitter too. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I don't know why Emma Stone came in that dress. Shy, I feel bad for her. Because this is Corella. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, and then this is what Emma wore. Like, you couldn't have stolen one dress off the set. Right. Or like, like, let's be honest, like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Because she looks like she's off to her, like, first ballet recital. It really does. Especially look at how the um, shoes are enclosed mm -hmm. around the toes. The shoes and the bun, everything is just boring. Babe, babes, we've got to do better. We've got to do better. Uh, let's see. Uh, Phoebe's makeup looks great. Uh, this reporter, everyone was obsessing over her dress last night. That's absolutely stunning. As they Gorgeous. should. As they should. Absolutely beautiful. We love it. We stan. Uh, oh, yeah. This is what I was talking about because mm -hmm. Blake Lively did have like a costume change. Yeah. So I, think I remember seeing this. Yeah. Beautiful dress. Uh, Rihanna did get a statue in the Met, which we love to see. Uh, as she should. Love it. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Doja Cat. I mean, I guess. I didn't see any pictures of her on the red carpet or at the after party, but... Because she didn't go. Okay. <laughs> okay, I don't know that for sure, but that would be a very Doja Cat move to pull, to just not go. Miss Lady Gaga, 
Okay, giving us Victorian. I like this one. I do. I do. Yes. Yes. It is giving bedsheet on the bottom, but you know what? It's cute. I, I really do like It's going to be expensive bedsheet, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, searched yes. for a long time before you finally decided you could spend this money on this bedsheet. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. Okay, we have Gabrielle Union looking absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. We love it. Yes. Paying tribute to Diane Carroll. I love the dress. I love everything about it. Amazing. All right. Blake Lively. This is basically a collage of a lot of people who are there. Katy Perry's. A lot, a lot of people like Katy Perry's. I know there's another picture for her from the front that I could find. Mm-hmm. SZA looks great. Obviously, Obviously. looks great. You know, we have Blake. We have Lizzo, who played her flute on the on the red carpet, which we love. Laura Harrier looking amazing. You know, and, you know, Miss uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't know if I like her dress. I definitely don't like the hat, but, no. you know. It's a little bit off. Yes. This is Katy Perry. This is her dress from the front. Okay. Can you guys very much cute? Mm-hmm. I like it. It's a little dangerous. It's a little bold. You know, very it's a little sexy. dangerous, but. Yes. Okay. Miss Adu Akech. Looking beautiful in her dress. Hair, makeup, everything. Giving. Mm-hmm. Giving. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. The full look. Mm-hmm. We love it. The green, the little blue ribbon on the bottom. Yes. Absolutely. Let's see here. Uh, I know. Oh, my God. I do want to find a picture of Cardi's dress. Because she did look really cute last night. Let me see. Let me. Mm-hmm. Cardi B Met Gala. Oh, yeah, this was her last night. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. It's so pretty. The hair and everything. The dress is getting body yada yada yada. It's everything. Absolutely. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, yes. Thank you. This was Gigi Hadid. Mm. It's not Gilded Age, but I still like it. I still like it, you know? It's not Gilded yeah. Age, but, like, it's, you know, it's all, it's, like, it's giving, like, Rihanna level doing the most, but still looking good while doing it. Absolutely. Yes. And that's what we want, you know? We want the drama. Yes. Um, gosh. I know, like, okay, I'm just gonna start looking at people, because I know there are people I want to, let's go. Chloe Bailey. Yes. Chloe Bailey met Gala. This is her dress. Okay. I really like her dress. I like how misshapen it is. Mm-hmm. I like the little silhouette. I love the little brooch around her neck. Everything is so cute. I love the leg. Yes. I love the leg. Yes. This is Normani. She's giving a sexy Gilded Age. Normani said, uh, I've been in the gym and you will see this body. Good. You will see this body. And I body. appreciate that. And I appreciate yes. that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this is Nicki Minaj. I like actually kind of like this dress. I don't know how I feel about the hat, but like the hat takes it out of the Gilded Age. Mm. It's still not very Gilded Age, but I could at least passably believe it without the hat. Yeah, I know that. Like, I don't want to like step on any of the you know. I don't want to upset on any of the barbs, but like, I don't know how I feel about the hat. You know. No, here's like the a- thing. She still looks good. She yeah. still look on theme. Calm down, yeah. barbs. Yeah, but it's cute. You know. 
I do have to say, if I had to walk the red carpet with my designer and my dress was ugly, I would leave them at home. I would, like, imagine- If I had to walk with my designer and the dress or whatever wasn't good, the designer wouldn't be leaving that gala alive. I might not, I might not have to do nothing. I would push them down the stairs. But that designer is not going to be leaving. I would absolutely push them down the stairs. (laughs) I would, I would throw them right into, you know, Blake and Ryan. Oh, that's very, that's very Gilded Age to like, oh, accidentally push down the stairs. Mm, Yes. Uh, This was Megan's look, looking amazing, perfect as always. Obviously, obviously. Yes. Okay, let's see. Um, This was, you know, Dove Cameron's look, our queen. I like the fish bones. It's really, it's giving, like, I don't mean this in a bad way, Hmm. but it's very much like the types of, like, germs that were shown. Like with all the little spindles out there and everything, it's like this is what Joe looks like if you zoom it in one million times. Mm. I see what you mean. Yes, it still I looks just, great. I think yeah. it looks a little bit dangerous. Mm. Yes, I like the thing I like most about her dress is the back, which I have to find. But like, I don't like the fact that the nude one, like the nude part of the dress, you can kind of see it. I have to get a picture from the back. There we go. Yes. This is my favorite. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. And here is Kim Kardashian being Davidson. Um, what? Kim give Kardashian it, said that she lost sis. 15 pounds in three weeks to fit into that dress. Now, I would never say anything to purposely bring down women. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is that if you have the commitment and the time and the energy and the drive and the power um, to lose 15 pounds to fit into a dress, you could have at least made it more a more interesting dress. You could have just like tailored the dress though. Like it's a designer dress. Like y'all ain't never heard of tailoring. I just, it seems like a lot of noise for not much result. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't like the platinum blonde on Kim. No. And I <laughs> But look at I her face. To... She thinks that she's serving. She's she looked mm. around and she was like, I'm the best looking one here. Mm. Mm. And that was a lie, she told herself. <laughs> and she, <laughs> and was, and she was right. mistaken. That was false. I'm sorry, babes. I'm sorry. Um gosh. I had to say, um, I did read a blind item and I need to stop reading blind items because stop. stop stop the blind <laughs> items. I'm gonna start writing blind items about you. <laughs> you start writing blind items about me? No one knows who I am. Yeah, so and it's not gonna be interesting. Blind items for people that are celebrities and like they're mysterious. Like I'll call you a celebrity. They're not gonna know. Oh my gosh. But when you see it pop up, you're like, that sounds an awful lot like me. <laughs> what kind of blind item would you write about me? Be honest. <laughs> well, it's first off, it's not gonna be hundred percent true. I'll have okay. you know that right away. There's going okay. to be a little bit of there's gonna be a little bit of fibbing, there's gonna be a little mm-hmm. bit of modeling the truth. Mm-hmm. Oh you no, say? I'll get back to you. It's gonna be, it won't be anything horrible. Hmm. It'd be like, I'd be like, this celebrity isn't anything like you expect, you know? Like you would think that they would be very 
very loud and very bubbly based off of the type of content that they produce and the mm-hmm. the um projects that they bear part of they're nothing of the sort they're actually very quiet and reserved um so it won't be anything bad you I should tear me to, you should tear me apart in the bottoms you should really but, but then have to lie more guys i hate to say this to everyone listening to the podcast but monica isn't a horrible person i have nothing that i can really like <laughs> drag her for oh my gosh no drag me drag if me. i was going to drag you i would i would have to say something like i worked oh, wait this is me stretching the truth ready oh this is so mm-hmm. good i'd be like i worked with this a-list mostly um no with this a-list a-list is influencer social mm-hmm. media celebrity for about eight months on an ongoing project on Mm -hmm. multiple different platforms Mm -hmm. and they wore the exact same outfit almost every Mm -hmm. single time that we were ready to film (laughs) i mean and they're gonna be like an a-list social media star wearing the exact same outfit that would cause a tizzy they'd be like that's so disgusting yes be like only a slight fib of the truth only a slight adjustment I love the scandal. Absolutely. I would have to. I would have to blatantly lie in order to tear you apart. Well, you guys, you know, you can watch the video part of this podcast. I can't forget. <laughs> I forgot this is an audio podcast. We're literally talking about dresses, and people can't see it. Can't see it if they're listening. But you guys can watch the audio part of the podcast to see us tear apart these dresses. Mm-hmm. I was going to say for the blind item. Okay. Okay. Did you see that he got the initials of her kids tattooed on his neck? He did. He did. Let me show you. So wait a second. All I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is that's a lot of work for a PR stunt. Hold on, Hold on a second. Babe, 23 was... hours ago. Look. Right here. Right here on his neck. I'm pretty sure this is the only thing I can see, but like, you know, Saint, Psalm, North, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. I don't know where this picture was taken. I don't know if it's a paparazzi picture or whatever. Um, it's basically, this is a full pic. Uh, but I do, I did um, read a blind item that basically um, uh, Pete Davidson's team is being replaced by Chris Jenner's team. And they're trying to get him a movie deal. A movie deal, as if he wasn't just in um, Suicide Squad. He's in Suicide Squad. He was in. He's in uh, MGK's new movie, Good Morning, mm-hmm. that he directed himself. He was in Big Time Adolescence. Um, I think those are the most recent movies he was in that I can remember. I'm pretty sure Big Time Adolescence is the one he was in with Bill Bill Burr. I'm pretty sure that's the movie. So, yeah, um, you know, if there's like we don't know Pete Davidson obviously but i do have to say if you're in a relationship with somebody and their moms are stepping in and taking over your professional team maybe it's time for you to like assess the boundaries of your relationship you know what i mean like if i was dating somebody and the person i was dating their parents tried to get me like a car and put the car in their name i wouldn't take that car because what if we break up like what's gonna happen you know what i mean it's just like certain boundaries you don't cross but then again i'm not rich and famous so yeah yeah um there were a lot of good looks over the night, and I'm sad that we didn't get to go through all of them. Uh, Excuse me. There's obviously one that I did want to go through, which I'm going to show you right now because I'm. Why did I misspell it? Hold on, hold on. You didn't see me misspell it. 
You didn't see I was No, you okay. didn't. No, you didn't. No, of course not. So this is a... That's your boyfriend. A... How dare you? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, you know, Kid Cuddy in blue, you know, looking extremely dashing in his Gilded Age suit. Yeah. I love the flowers on the inside. Yes. Like, the thing is, is that, like, I knew he would look good. I knew it because I knew he would disappoint me. But it's just like, oh my gosh, it's just like looking at it, it's just so like the makeup, the out like the ring. I oh my gosh. And even like there's nothing I would change. There's absolutely nothing I would change. No, me neither. The only thing I would change is that I should be on his right hand. But you know, that's Neither here nor there. Anyway. <laughs> but I can Photoshop that in. That's not a mistake on you. Yeah. Oh, it's not. That's on me and my team. We can get on that. <laughs> okay. We can we can stop talking about the Met Gala and we can get into Moon Nights because we're doing too much. Uh, I'll probably talk more about the Met Gala on my TikTok, but, mm. you know, let's get into the show, guys. Uh, we're going to start off talking about Moon Knight. Moon Knight is a new Disney Plus show it follows the ordinary gift shop employee Stephen grant who believes he has a sleeping disorder and worries about wandering the streets of london at night turns out he has dissociative identity disorder and distinctively shares his body with another personality mark specter although there are indications that you know maybe there's someone else in there uh unlike Stephen, mark is a former mercenary who serves the egyptian moon god Khonshu, and he is Khonshu's avatar on earth and Stephen is thrown into a world where he realizes that his dreams aren't just dreams so moon knight is played by uh oscar isaac golden globe winning actor and we also have the uh titular villain played by ethan hawk by the name of Arthur Harrow. So I guess we could just kind of start with like an overview of what's happened in the series so far okay. and then kind of get into like our thoughts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we can start with episode one of Moon Nights. You know, we meet Steven. Steven's a regular guy. He works at a gift shop. He has um, problems with sleeping and um, I here's the thing, right? When I take notes for the pod, I take notes in like sparse details. <laughs> so it's like I'm gonna read my notes right now. It's like um, my note says, "Why does a golden person? Why is he talking to them? There's a strange man who's like a monk. Uh, the scales judging people, other stuff. Oh my! Mm -hmm. Like those are my notes. <laughs> so let's we can get into it a little bit. Okay. So basically, episode one, we meet Steven, right? Steven, he's shy. He's a little, you know, shaky a bit. Um, he's bossed around by his boss. Uh, people keep calling him the wrong name. And uh, it's one part in the episode, he wakes up in the middle of a grass field, not knowing where he is. And, you know, things are just kind of like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he wakes up in the middle of a field and he's running away from these men. He ends up in a village and it seems very clear that, like, whatever is going on in the village, mm -mm, it's not okay. Whatever's going on in the village is very much like, what's going on here? I think very much cult behavior. And there's a man there who we see in one earlier scene 
crushes up a glass, like a little shot glass, and puts the shards of glass in his shoes, and he walks on them. And I know that the shards of glass in his shoes is why this man is so bitter, and why he hates his life, and why he exactly. is so rude, and just me to everybody, just like, absolutely undeniably, just in everyone's business at all times. Like, Arthur, I understand that you are the avatar of a god that was banished from the living world, but you did not have to be such a buzzkill at every second, every moment of every day. But Stephen sees the power that Arthur holds from his, uh, the God he serves. Um, Amit, I believe is the name, A-H-M-I-T. And Arthur has this cane and he can like judge you and balance the scales because he mm -hmm. has like a tattoo on his arm. And essentially the Egyptian God Amit is a God that can see the past, present, and future. And because she can see a person's um, past decisions and their future decisions, she feels like she can judge humanity based off of that. And she believes that humanity should be judged based off their past and future decisions, despite the fact that people may not make those future decisions because destiny is not set in stone, people can change. But because she felt that way, she was banished from the living world. And now, um, Arthur is trying, Arthur and his followers are doing everything they can to find Ahmed's tomb and raise her from the dead. Mm -hmm. And they're going to find that with the golden scarab, which I find out that Stephen has. And in the first interaction that Stephen has with Arthur, he wants to give the scarab up so he could go back to London because he doesn't know what's going on here. He just doesn't want to be a part of this. But his body tells him not to. And he hears that uh, this embodied deep voice, and I'm not going to lie, when I first heard Kachi's voice, I was very much like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. I was very much like, oh no. <laughs> like, the scene on the mountain with the cars, babe, Disney did not, Disney said, bitch, what money? What budget? Fuck it, let's go. Disney said fuck this it. is about to become our best um, Marvel series, so we got to throw everything. This show truly is so good because like the thing is with like previous Marvel series is that they are attached to characters that we already know from other properties. Mm -hmm. But Moon Knight is so special and different because this is an introduction to a new character. And this could like you could watch Moon Knight and not know anything about the Avengers, but still be so immersed in the story. And it kind of like if you were to take the show Moon Knight and put it on HBO Max, it could still be a good show. It does not rely on prior knowledge of other characters no. and other movies in order to help it be a good Which show. Which is very good because, mm -hmm. like, I think I've mentioned that on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. But if you had asked me, what 10 superheroes do you think Marvel are going to give series to first? Like, after, like, WandaVision and, like, um, Falcon the Winter Soldier were announced. If you had asked me what 10 superheroes... Babe, you have had me gain to at least 25, 30 superheroes before I even mentioned the name Moon Knight. Because, mm -hmm. like, I read Moon Knight comics, but it was never, like, one of my faves. And I was like, well, no one knows this because he's still, like, pretty underground. So the fact that they took a hero that oh, literally any person who's just, like, a Marvel fan and isn't, like, a comic book fan would never have even heard the name Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. And they were like, and that's what we want. We don't yes. want you to know a single thing about this person. Don't worry. We will tell you everything you need to know. Yes. I love it so much because the show kind of gives me like the feel like the born identity, which we kind of like, you know, we the born identity and like it kind of meets like the mummy, you know, with like mm -hmm. the arche archaeological aspect of it. And 
another thing I love about the show is that we are learning about we're learning about Stephen Grant and his story and what's going on with him along with him like we just met this Mark Spector dude and we don't know who he is really and I'm not gonna lie as someone who's watched enough Marvel movies I know that when you first meet the like brooding guy who doesn't want to open up and sees like a mercenary and sees like a bad guy you I know like I've heard of like this isn't the bad guy. I know he's on our side. Yes. And even though the story wants to like convince me that he's not, you're not going to convince me because I've been here before. I've been down this road. I know yeah. I can trust Mark, you know? And of course, when you're like looking through your apartment and then you suddenly find, um, you suddenly find like a box or like a hiding in the ceiling with a card, a key and a phone that you've never used before. It's kind of like frightening. That's suspicious. That's suspicious. That's weird. It's also weird that like his fish had one fin at one point, and now the fish has two fins, which is also kind of relates back to Stephen Grant having the sleeping disorder and how like not having a lot of sleep for a long time can cause people to hallucinate things. But for him to think that he had a one fin fish and then the fish finally has two fins is showing like the fragments of his reality and how Mark. It's kind of like coming to in a way because Marcus had to have been Stephen for a while for Stephen to think that he is like his own person with his own memories in a way, mm-hmm. you know. But like Mark kind of like jumping back into the fray and taking over is a little, it's different, you know. Um, we go on to uh, he finds the bunker, right? Yeah, uh, he finds all of Mark's stuff, the cash, the passport, the CIA, FBI, mercenary type shit. And obviously he's a bit freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then he meets Shu in the storage unit. Probably not how he wanted to meet him, but he meets him. That's another thing I love about the show. It's scary and it doesn't hold back. I love no, that. I love terrifying. it. I love it so much. Because the way that man was running, I, oh my gosh, that was my, I was watching also i have to say like there are times where you're watching the show and you can clearly see the like um i don't like we, i've already said before that like i feel a type of way about like superhero shows like supernatural shows hinging on mental health as like a plot point for the character and how i feel like sometimes it can like misrepresent it or like maybe it's not a good tool or something like that but yeah. i think that moon knight moon knight does such a better job of dealing with it in the different episodes which is also why i love marvel tv shows because having episodes especially how long these episodes are they're like an hour long or like four or five minutes long i love that because it gives us time to like go through each story Mm. go through each beat watch what's happening see the little easter eggs see the hidden details you know and just like try and just be immersed in it and like it takes its time to explain the things that are going on and not rush through anything because then we can carefully see how the story is kind of crafted all together you know we can also see how um arthur and his influence he's just not some like random guy but he truly does have so many followers like the security guard at the museum and then those two cops mm-hmm. and then that whole community that he has hidden in new york the last thing that we were like kind of talking about is how um a lot of shows or movies that try to rely on um mental health being like like a not a crux but like a big part of the story tend to fail because they 
they make they make the mental health seem like such a I guess terrifying horrible disgusting how could anyone ever live like this sort of version instead of just the real scary that it is the you don't know what's going on the Mm -hmm. everyone's expecting you to do things or have things memorized or be able to function do very base basic normal everyday tasks and you simply can't you either don't have the energy or you don't have the the capacity or just whatever um and so this show does a very good job of not turning the mental uh like the mental illness or the the struggles that he's going to into like a monster instead just displaying it for what it usually is in the real world it's something that like tends to push everyone away from you because you're someone who is seen as unreliable and maybe a little bit messy and unkept and um you know a little bit all over the place and that is a lot of times one of the worst parts of um of like trying to deal with any mental illness the fact that like it's so hard to connect to other people especially people who are very neurotypical and who aren't close already with someone who's very neurodivergent or has any type of mental illness because they don't understand it like the the other people um don't understand it and because they don't understand it they don't they feel very awkward and don't know how to act around it so they'll usually just ditch the person they'll leave them and so the person who is struggling is constantly not only trying to uh get help if they can for uh any issues that they're having but they're also struggling to make any connections or any type of friends or any serious relationships or anything with anyone um because so many people are so instantly put off by like the idea of mental Mm. illness in general yeah you're absolutely right and i that's also what I like a lot about Moon Knight, especially in the last episode, because there isn't a lot of talk around like DID and there isn't a lot of media that accurately portrays what it is. And, you know, um, like me personally, I think I think that I have a pretty solid understanding of most mental disorders. So if I were to meet somebody who had like bipolar disorder or PTSD, I can understand like that's something that you deal with in your everyday life. And Mm -hmm. like maybe it can have you act in a way that you don't normally act, but doesn't take away from the fact that you're still a person deserving respect and grace in case you kind of fall into one of your weird moments. And I get that. I can understand that. And I think that one thing, I think one of the things about Moon Knight, which you're right, um you see a different side of like someone dealing with like did or something like a mental disorder that's very debilitating in mm-hmm. mark because mark is a mercenary he does these things kind of because like these are the skills that he has in his life and these are things that he knows how to do and the jobs that utilize these skills are not great jobs but they pay well and these are things that he goes through and he obviously is holding on to a lot in regards to his own mental illness. And it's hard to open up about those things because if you open up about those things, people can push you away. It's hard to talk about it because you don't want to seem weak or seem vulnerable Mm -hmm. or it's difficult to process those things. To be able to open up and be vulnerable to people means that you literally have to open up and like look within yourself and the things you're trying to hide and things you're trying to push away and push down and keep away from others. And that also could explain the strain on him and Layla's relationship and why he sent her divorce papers. Because even though he probably didn't want to 
divorce her, he did it to protect her or just keep her away from Conchu, who kept threatening him that he would have made Layla his next avatar if they were to leave or to separate any kind of way. And mm-hmm. of course, I have some thoughts about Conchu, but I do want to say that I like you can kind of see that in his care in his different uh, altar and Stephen Grant. Uh, there are aspects of Layla in there that he kind of likes, like the fact that he, um, Stephen Grant works at a gift shop when the Stephen Grant in the comic books is a millionaire, yeah. <laughs> which is a very interesting diversion. But like Stephen Grant is someone who is kind of like more vulnerable and a little quieter and shy. He's like a, has a softer side to him. And he likes the same French poetry that Layla likes. And he's very much into like uh, hydroglyphics and, you know, knowing about Egyptian mythology mm-hmm. the same way that Layla does. And he obviously cares a lot about her. And like, for all, it would be so sad, but I would see, you see Mark in the mirror. <laughs> Look at the mirror, watching his softer side befriend Layla in a way that he couldn't really do it because he can't let his walls down to be vulnerable with someone. Like that truly did like, and then when he punched himself in the face, I was like, that was, that was kind of dumb, but you know what? It's not, it's not like it's unwarranted. You know, like you did just kiss his wife that he's mm-hmm. like trying to divorce and keep away from Kanchu because Kanchu wants to like literally take off her body and make her an avatar, which I obviously call Kanchu's bluff. Kanchu is like obviously like he believes that people should be punished after they've done something wrong and of course Ahmet who wants to punish people before they do something wrong would think that Kanchu doesn't deliver justice fast enough and it's clear that Kanchu is manipulating Mark in some way to keep him on his side that way he has an avatar that way he has someone to enact his justice that way he has someone to like do his dirty work and like Mm, I don't want to paint Conchu as a bad guy, but he's not a great guy either. You know, like you get some people and they're down and they're about to die. And they're literally on their last dying breaths. So they have no choice but to accept to be your avatar and your mighty fist of vengeance. Mm-hmm. But for you to threaten the persons they love, because obviously if Mark were to leave Conchu, he wouldn't have an avatar. He wouldn't have someone to bark around. He wouldn't have an obedient soldier, which Steven has been his whole life enacting other people's revenge on their behalf and not being able to do things and make this is just for himself it's just i kind of want Kanchu to eat a bag of dicks you know what i mean yeah like, yeah mm-hmm. i'm kind of like when he got like in, in like when he got enclosed in stone it was like oh no steven might actually die because he won't have the healing powers of the moon suit but at the same time screw Kanchu. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. this is your fault your fault is why we're in this you know but um why do you think that Arthur left Khonshu? Because Arthur said that he was Khonshu's avatar before he left him and went off to serve Amit. Why do you think Arthur left Khonshu? I think, did Arthur leave Khonshu? Or is that him saying that and Khonshu left Arthur? Arthur said that he was Khonshu's avatar. Mm-hmm. And I guess he like, he said, let me look through my notes because I, I probably wrote something down in my notes here somewhere. But he basically made it seem like he dipped on him. Like he used to work for Conchu. And then, yeah, I don't, I don't think I wrote anything in my notes about it, but basically, yeah, Arthur used to be the Fist of Vengeance, former. He said contribution is too late. Arthur now serves Amit. And they're trying to re- resurrect Amit. 
And uh, Panchu says he only punishes those who have done real harm, unlike the other gods who probably kill people before they have the chance. Yeah, that's all that I have in my notes. Yeah, because I don't remember hearing any specific like reason or anything like that. Which is interesting. I also don't like the fact that Arthur is being kind of like served up as like the voice of reason sometimes. You know, like that one in episode four, I believe, when they went to go see Anton, the rich man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Arthur was like talking to Layla as villains do because they like to get in your head. And yeah. he was like, you know, you'll never gain closure for your father's death. And I was thinking, like, sir, we put it everybody's business out here. <laughs> First of all, you don't get to judge me. All right. When he tried to judge um, Stephen back at the, uh, museum in episode one with the cane and he was like there's a chaos inside of you arthur there are glass shards in your shoes yeah you need to get a deep conditioner treatment buy yourself some sketchers and leave me alone all right you are the last person to judge me all right literally killed a homeless man for no reason for no reason for no reason at all just grab that man's arm and suck the life force out of that body if you don't get out of my face please Please. And I also feel like Arthur is probably trying to like, trying to like, uh, what is it when people do? Rationalize working for Amit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, oh, we're stopping people from dying before they are hurt by bad people. But even like Steven says to himself that like, you're killing people before they have the choice to not do something bad. You know, if someone thinks about doing something bad, it doesn't mean they're going to do it. Like, essentially, these people are innocent, you know? Like, why would you kill someone for something they might do and not for something that they have done? And, like, that's a perfect point to make. Exactly. Especially because, like, because most, like, most people, like, normal, like, mm-hmm. people have, like, those, like, I guess, like, intrusive thoughts when they think about doing something um, maybe violent or something crazy. Like, Maybe like you're in traffic and you're really annoyed and like someone cuts you off and you're like, I could rear in them, but you're not going to do it. It was just like a quick thought. Mm-hmm. But like, is that enough to get you killed in his book? Because you thought about rear ending someone because they cut you off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not enough reason to like take someone's life away. Absolutely not. And I also do love this movie not moving this tv show obviously relying on mental health in the same way that like wandavision does but the show is like really funny oh yeah the show is also very funny at times yes i love the verbal and physical comedy of the show and i do enjoy like steven's british accent he's so funny he's like bollocks it's sad in it it's like well what's all this then you know all the like little nuances and I just want to say that I feel I like Oscar Isaac sir you're so talented (laughs) you're so talented you're so talented you're so talented Oscar Isaac I love you the storytelling in the show is amazing I truly do want to cry I truly did want to cry when I was like like episode five man I don't think I could get through it I don't think I could get through it. I literally had to watch it in chunks because for them, oftentimes in um, shows where you're kind of going back into someone's past, there are a couple scenes here and there that are really heavy, but you can tell from the way that Moon Knight goes from Stephen Grant 
to Mark Spector and how you can literally see like them fading in and out of each other in their altars like on the camera now okay it's just there's so there's such a there's such a depth and there's such a tension mm-hmm. to the characters and I really really did like um episode five episode four end of episode four leading into episode five because I love the little like um kind of easter eggs in the last in episode four that are kind of like bleeding into episode five like yeah, mm-hmm. Stephen having um Stephen having his, his feet shackled to the wheelchair and then Layla's there Donna's there uh, Stephen Grant being on television as in being a character like there are all different monikers in the previous episodes that are in the asylum because obviously asylum has two different meanings asylum can mean inpatient care for someone who's dealing with mental health issues but it could also mean protection mm-hmm. and possibly trying to protect Mark from Hero him enacting his plan of finally raising Amit you know and not to mention like the Egyptian imagery in Ethan Hawke's office. And that's another thing. The fact that like Arthur Harrow is playing the therapist and oftentimes like mental health movies, therapists are seen as the bad guys and therapists are helping you. I know like maybe I'm reading too deep into it, but like, it's just the, it's like the little nuances of it all. And- No, it was good. It was a hundred percent on yeah. purpose. You can talk about it. Yeah, I, it's interesting what Hawke says about, um, about Mark, how he has breaks in psychotic awareness which makes sense in how we watch the first episode from Steven's point of view mm-hmm. and how he wakes up chained to the bed and how like he thought that he really was in Italy or wherever the village was and he wakes up in his bed but then he sees Arthur and he sees the people from the village and he starts seeing Conchu and he starts freaking out and he doesn't know what's happening and he feels like it's a dream but possibly it's not a dream and, and like that obviously can bleed into like breaks in psychotic awareness manic episodes um yes and arthur also says that his mind is violating between sense and nonsense and that the brain is basically a pendulum and that's swinging in between different realities right now um it's it's also it's so interesting and so well done like the storytelling in this show is 10 out of 10 a plus plus Top notch, one hundred and ten percent amazing. Glenn, what did you think? Uh, give us some of your thoughts. Okay, so one, I like I already talked about. I like that well, mental illness isn't a monster. It's uh, in this show. It's it's portrayed more like what it would really be like in our w- world. Um, I also like you mentioned how like obviously like the episodes are like longer so that um you can actually delve in but i like that it's short like this i guess technically most of marvel series are around like six episodes now but the fact that it's only six episodes even though the episodes are long and there's a lot in them overall it still feels i mean obviously we have to wait till the last episode comes out but it still feels like a complete like tight story you know it just feels like a slightly long movie but it's all like compacted in there i like it it makes it there's little breathing room there's almost no downtime like something is happening every single frame in this show something is happening and you better be looking for it um i like that i like being like actively engaged in everything that's going on um you also mentioned this i like how scary it is i like like the um the fight in the museum terrifying horrifying that um 
that CGI, I'm guessing it was CGI, it looked like CGI, they used for like the monster and like the the terror, because that was at like the end of like the first episode, right? Second episode? Mm-hmm. Like, because we knew nothing. Like, we were just as much panicking and like afraid and scared um, as uh, Steve, I guess, technically at the time, as Steve was, because mm-hmm. we knew nothing. We knew just, we knew less than he knew, actually. Um, and then, and then that's such a simple thing to like see it on the cameras, like in the next episode and see like, there was like, there was nothing there. Like, obviously it's like a very common trope, but it's still like, it's still so sad to see it. Like they just see him running around like an idiot, acting stupid, <laughs> breaking things. It's like, oh, that hurts so much. It hurts so much. Um, I like, I do like the semi relationship that is being had um, between Mark and Steve. They're coming together more. Obviously, they're still finding each other. But I like the, the I'm not sure what you can call it, because they are just both him, just different personalities. But mm-hmm. obviously, there's examples in media and in real life of um, people who have different personalities, and the personalities actively hate each other or actively work to harm each other. Um, and I like that that doesn't really happen here. Some of, like, there's a little bit selfish and they want to do what they want. But between Steve and Mark, neither of them are actively trying to hurt the other one. I do like that. That is refreshing. That is a nice change. Um, I, I like, I also like that the action's a lot more grounded. It's a lot more down to earth. You know, it isn't flying, it isn't lasers, it isn't high, high CGI battles. It's, um, you know, it's guns, it's knives. It's swords, it's hand-to-hand combat. Oh, it's nice hand-to-hand combat too. Like they took a long time choreographing this stuff. Um, You can tell, it looks so good. I like that. I like that's much more grounded, I guess would be the right word for it. I think it's so good. And I think that like a lot, I've seen a lot of like reviews just unnecessarily like kind of, I don't know, just bogging down on Moon Knight saying that it's generic or that it's not needed. And I would say that Moon Knight is a phenomenal show. It's a great show. And too many people that watch the MCU and Marvel movies or TV shows rely too heavily on like everything being tied to the original uh, Avengers and seeing how everything, how is this going to fit into the MCU? How is this going to do this? How is it going to do that? And sometimes you need something new and something different that isn't from what's originally there. Sometimes we need something fresh is something that is not repetitive because people like things that are like the same as it was before. And I mm-hmm. <clears throat> love Moon Knight so much. And one thing I really do like, episode three was so good because we kind of get to see a little bit more about Khonshu and the Egyptian gods. And I do find it interesting. It was so frustrating to me. It was so frustrating to me how literally Stephen Grant, how literally Mark, and you know, we are sitting there and we know who Arthur is. We know what he's gonna do, mm-hmm. right? The audience knows. And because Khonshu in the eyes of the Egyptian God is kind of like seen as like, kind of like the messed up child, like the black sheep, he's kind of like seen as somebody who is just like not welcomed with him trying to debate that possibly Ahmed's followers are trying to raise her up and resurrect her. Arthur coming through and literally just like lying to their face. It doesn't help, you know? It doesn't help that like Conchu is banished. It doesn't help that Mark is kind of split into two people. It doesn't help that Mark is kind of like 
not all the way there. And yeah, Marcus, it, like Marcus, like yeah, you know what? I may not be a hundred percent okay. Sometimes I'm not even fifty percent okay. But one thing mm-hmm. I do know is that these people are afraid to bring back somebody that's not supposed to come back. That's one thing I know for certain. And then straight up just ignoring him, and then us as the audience obviously being like, "This man," I don't like. Obviously, also ties into like how you look at certain people and you feel like if people have a certain look to them, they're more or less stable than someone else. But like, yeah. honestly, like Arthur, Harold, I'm looking at you. It's just like, mm. Harold is so confident in the fact that like the gods don't trust Conchu or that Conchu is going to somehow mess this up. And like, they don't, they don't trust Conchu. Of course they don't. And I think in this episode, it was like really wild the third one because just like how funny it is and it's like a very bold strategy and very interesting to see how like i would say it's hero gaslighting right in front of the gods mm-hmm. but to also see mark use his did as something that can help him in a way to where like mark comes out when he needs a fight and Steven comes out when he need to talk to somebody you know it's it's great and i also love seeing oscar kind of go in between the different altars of Mark Spector. And I know there's a third altar that Mark Spector has named Jake Lockley. And I believe that we kind of see Jake in episode, at the end of episode four, because Mark, you know, he ran away from the therapist, uh, Mr. Hawk, and then he found Steven in a sarcophagus. And there was a third sarcophagus with Jake inside. And I'm kind of interested to see Jake because in the comics, for the most part, the altars have been pretty similar to the people in the comics. You know, Mark Spector in the comics was, he worked for the Marines, but he was discharged due to his DID, causing him to have sleeping, uh, sleep apnea and sleepwalking, stuff like that. And then he worked for Rush Bushman, who was similar to Mark's friend that killed all the archaeologists in that tomb mm-hmm. and tried to kill Mark. And then Mark took on Conchu's, you know, avatar that's kind of similar to what happened in the comics and then Steven being a well someone who's smart not a billionaire but at least he works in museums and works with Egyptian mythology so that ties him to Conchu and it keeps him knowledgeable and useful in the series when they yeah. need to go to Egypt in the tombs I'm interested to see how Jake Lockley will fit in and I don't know I don't think it would be a good idea for them to introduce Jake in the finale because it is the finale although Marvel did change it from the series finale to the season finale. So there are hints that there will be a season two, possibly. We don't know because Marvel likes to change their minds all the time. Mm-hmm. So if there is a season two, maybe we'll meet Jake, maybe we won't. But I do like that the creator said that he didn't want to use Bushman as a, um antagonist for the series because Bushman was very close to... Uh, Killmonger yeah. and so they decided to create a whole new villain and I think that Harrow is a really great villain because he's the calm quiet collected villain who seems to be trustworthy and normal and like has it all together but really this dude is like on a genocidal mission to wipe out the planet just because people might do something bad yeah like it's it's very interested and like I know like as reviewers we're supposed to like you know you know next week we're gonna talk about 
uh, Multiverse of Madness and to mm-hmm. try to tie in and see, like, how does Moon Knight tie into MCU? And, like, I'm okay oh. with just accepting Moon Knight as the TV show. And, like, and see, here's the thing to all the people who are so desperately concerned about Moon Knight tying in. If Marvel wants it to tie in, it will tie in. Because I had the same complaint about from everyone about Shang-Chi. And guess what? They tied Shang-Chi into the MCU. In the last, like, 25 seconds of the movie, they tied it in, and now it's seamlessly worked in. The series, the series is definitively not over. The season is also not over. If Marvel wants it to tie into the rest of the MCU, do not worry. They will have no problems tying into the rest of the MCU. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, obviously people are making predictions already that, like, possibly they'll become one. Uh, I do think that, like, this is my theory, that I don't think Jake is going to be introduced yet. Fair, fair. Especially if it's just a season finale, then definitely. Yeah, I think that we're good with Mark and Steven. You know, Jake in the in the in the comics was a taxi cab driver who kind of knew what was happening in the streets. And I think that possibly a third altar could work, but I think that Steven and Mark work so well because obviously in episode five we learn a lot more about Mark and his childhood. And we learned that Mark lost his brother in an accident that was not his fault unfortunately his mother turned out to be someone who was very abusive and blamed him for it and did not show him the love and care that he deserved and thus taking on the altar of Stephen Grant to hide himself from the pain that his mother caused him and the blame and the anguish that he felt from her physically and verbally abusing him and Stephen Grant meant was seen as kind of like a stress ball, the same way Stephen says so in season five, in episode five. And we see how it's hard for Mark to deal with this, especially with like his mother's funeral, you know, because he wants to mourn his mother because that's his mother, but he can't because she was his abuser and she hurt him and she took away like his childhood from him. And she caused him so much pain and anguish that he simply kind of leaves and goes into Steven to escape the pain. And he leaves Mm -hmm. voicemails to his mom all the time to kind of check in on her. And even when he knew Layla, he told Layla that he wasn't close with his mom. And I wonder if like, I just have to wonder when he met Layla, did she know that he had this disorder? Like, it doesn't seem like in the show that she kind of had any idea that um I, I don't know I don't know it's kind of up in the air a little at least I do kind of wish that we could learn a little bit more about him and Layla and like how long they know each other and like obviously man there are some questions that need to be answered but if they're not answered in the finale then like they need to be answered in some way because mm-hmm. I need to know I need to know also Layla Layla is such a badass period obviously she is such as she should. a badass she is amazing i love her i love that she's not scared to run straight into danger i love how brave she is how bold she is she's beautiful she's smart she is like strategic she's amazing and oh my gosh for harrow to tell her about what happened in the mines the way i could literally throw that man off a cliff mm-hmm. the way i could throw him into a sarcophagus the way i could throw him off a period 
the way I want to like literally take the shards out of his shoes and just put it in a sock and just like hit him over the face with it. Like Harold will not see heaven. He shall <laughs> like this man truly is like just awful. Um, yeah, I and I do think that like the show did a better job explaining DID than most um, forms of media do with other forms of like mental disorders like depression anxiety and like DID is something that's easy to understand because it's not as well known and it's not something that's has a lot of common knowledge within I guess popular culture or just like everyday people it's also something you interact with as commonly as you would interact with depression or anxiety but I think that I know that Moon Knight did an amazing job taking this story of Stephen Grant and Mark Spector showing us how they kind of, we went through like this story beat by beat and got to where we got to know Mark, know about his childhood, know about his story, know why he kind of took on the job of mercenary because he felt like it was his fault. He did ultimately blame himself for his, for his brother's death and then taking on a job as a Marine to think, well, if I'm going to kill people, I might as well kill bad people. That way I know what I'm doing is right. But also Mark has constantly been the soldier for other people carrying out other people's orders but never really relying on his own self and doing what he wants to do Mm -hmm. and now we're kind of at the end of the show and I want to say right now when them things were climbing onto the boat in the afterlife Mm -hmm. they are very like I'm scared easily I'm supposed to say this right now I get scared very easily that's why I don't watch horror movies but oh my gosh I, I just, my heart. No, yeah. fair, fair. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. What did you think about the end of season, episode five? Why do I keep seeing season? Um, because uh, it's easier to, we usually talk about stuff once it's like done, done. Yeah. But, um, I, so here's the thing. Am I a little bit, a little bit torn? Technically, yes. Because like, it was dramatic. Like, um, Steve is now like, dead or kind of dead um but at the same time steve is also technically the other personality oh i didn't say spoilers but i guess if you haven't watched up to now spoilers um, i mean we're talking about the show so like yeah. obviously spoilers <laughs> um but like since he's the other personality i could see them going the route of now mark has to since steve was what took all the emotional baggage on Mark now has to fully process through everything without the help of Steve anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be akin, like obviously this is a supernatural version, but like akin to how a lot of times in like um a, it, like situations with multiple personalities, the the end goal is either balance with the personalities or to be able to figure out why the other personalities have emerged and be able to solve that issue and then hopefully bring the person back to where the primary initial personality is in control. I'm a little bit iffy on all the technical details when it comes to um, dissociative identity disorder and all the things around that. So I can't speak directly to that issue, Um, but that is typically seen as a goal or at least a a band-aid solution. So I can see Marvel possibly going that route. And it was a very dramatic choice to make. Um obviously they want to leave it on kind of like a cliffhanger, but Yeah. 
I think that all in all, um, all my love to Oscar Isaac, who did a lot of research into DID and kind of like bringing it into the comic book backstory. And um, oh, it wasn't Oscar Isaac. It was, um, it was, I think it was one of the directors of Moon Knight. I think it was the director of the last episode, Mr. Mohammed Dayub. I hope I said the last name right. Uh, he said that uh, when you do research on what causes the ID, it's not like one thing. It's not you watch something horrible happen and suddenly you break out into all these different altars. It's from sustained trauma and abuse over time. This is a survival mechanism that clicks into place for someone who's experiencing that, that they're able to fracture their mind to survive it is astounding. And it really is so interesting to see like kind of like almost a symbolism in the last episode, seeing Steven get taken by the, mm-hmm. Steven basically sacrificing himself to the lake of the undead and then Mark making it into like the golden fields. Cause that did make me cry. That truly made me cry. Cause for Mark his whole life, to be felt like he's a bad person or he cannot he's not worthy of love he can't be vulnerable he can't open up to people he pushed Layla away he pushed all the people away and he took on the avatar being Khonshu because he felt like the only thing he could do is be a mercenary and kill people and it was just like my heart my heart like I truly was like distraught at the end of episode five and I know I know that episode six is going to just like absolutely destroy me but I can't wait. And also another thing I love about the show, the CGI is a lot better than other CGI in the Marvel shows. Like the hippo, the hippo was hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna <laughs> The hippo was like, that was like a perfect little thing to end episode four on. It's mm-hmm. just that weird little, what the fuck? But the show, I love that the show is just like, this is a Marvel show. It's like, weird things happen so yeah we're gonna have a cgi hippo in this episode you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to make sense it doesn't have to make sense Calm down. literally Calm steven down. and conchu moved the sky with their hands back two thousand years so that Layla could look at a constellation to break a code like y'all don't understand like we don't care about reality no more we do what we want we yeah. have the money we got the people we got the like <laughs> like the way the show is just like absolutely having the time of its life i love it uh, i also I, I just love that scene jojo he's like unless we can see exactly what the sky looked like two thousand years ago then we're lost they're like okay well then let's do that let's do it okay well let's go here we go let's go let's do it and oh my gosh um oh i don't know if there's anything else to say um not really i'm just it's so it's like decided to see like i mean like what's going to happen next obviously mm-hmm. like by the time you guys are listening to this like you already know good for you i'm so happy mm-hmm. for you um but we don't we don't know but uh i mean i guess that's basically all we have to say i'm very excited to see the finale the conclusion and i can't wait to see multiverse of madness and to kind of like tie all of that together i am uh uh-huh. I have, you do not understand. Wait a second. Also, I want to say this because um, this is about Multiverse of Madness because, like, obviously it's coming out soon too. Mm-hmm. Um, Babe, if I don't see my boy Shang-Chi in mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness, because, like, ha- did you watch Shang-Chi? I didn't. Okay, okay. So without giving too much of spoilers or anything, uh, one of the post-credit scenes, 
um basically because of like you know like the rings like obviously it's shang chi and the legend of the ten rings yeah apparently the rings are something special and powerful at the very end like the post-credit scene um what happens is shang chi and katie is that her name katie the the girl that he's with anyways the the girl that he's with um they're at a restaurant and Wong from Doctor Strange, like that uh, side of everything, opens up a portal to them and says, you guys need to come with me. Um, and then like he takes mm. them and then they look at the rings and it's Wong and obviously it's Shang-Chi and Katie and um, Miss and Miss Marvel, not Miss Marvel, and Captain Marvel and um, Hulk. And they're all like looking at it and they're like, yeah, I've never seen anything like this. And Captain Marvel was like, it hasn't been on any planet that I've ever visited um and so it's nowhere in the next like three galaxies and they're like okay well we're gonna have to keep shang chi and kd like on retainer so welcome to the team your life's about to get a lot crazy oh my gosh it's crazy and that's just where it ends and that's obviously the last time we've seen them because obviously that only happened in september so like shang chi is now directly connected to doctor strange mm. so i hope that they appear in this movie because i want to see them again they don't have to but it'd be mm-hmm. really nice if they did. If they and appear that, in the movie, they have so, to appear in more than just like 10 minutes. Exactly. And that's what I mean when I say if Marvel wants it to connect, it will connect. Because there was mm-hmm. no connection between... Sh- you could watch Shang-Chi and not watch a single other Marvel movie up until that point, and you have understood everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. And then at the last second, they're like, okay, for all of our fans, this is how it connects. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm guaranteed, like if, if they want Moon Knight to immediately connect to the rest of the MCU, they're gonna have just one little scene like that. Just one little scene like that to be like, and it's connected. Don't worry guys, we already planned it. I know that you guys are seeing this episode by episode. We actually had the whole show written out before we started filming. We know how it's gonna connect. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but yeah, so I, I just want them to be, just be in it. Just be in it, be doing something. I wanna see you fighting. I wanna see like final battle. You're part of the final battle. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I love it, I can't wait. Um, this makes me want to watch Shang-Chi now because like I did want to watch the movie I just didn't have the time and I just kind of like lost interest I'm not gonna lie like at some point you know there are only so many times you can watch a Marvel movie and like mm-hmm. I just had to give it a break but now you it's convinced fair. me it's I have fair. to watch it I have to go watch it I have to go see it yeah I mean it's on Disney plus obviously yeah it's like I'll so definitely check it out very convenient all right so guys I think we've reached the end so we can do, um, I'll pass. I'll let you guys on your way. Um, I think the only thing I want to pass on this week is Atlanta. Uh, uh, I was literally about to say the same thing. <laughs> we have to talk about it. Okay. We have to talk about why is Chet Hanks in Atlanta? Why is Chet Hanks there? This white man put on a fake Trini accent and went semi-viral on Instagram. And then he's on Atlanta. He's on Z-Way show. Z-Way, another question. Why is Shia LaMaine on your show? I love Z-Way. I love her show. I love that she asks questions that people aren't scared, scared to ask. I like that about her. But like, mm-hmm. Charlemagne has repeatedly opened his mouth and said absolutely stupid, asinine things about people who are transgender, people who are Black women, Black women mainly. Um, that whole conversation he had with Amara La Negra about Afro-Latinas and not understanding what an Afro-Latina is. And I don't care that he has a wife and he has daughters, okay? Your proximity to women does not mean that you understand women or you know how to have discourse around things surrounding women and Black women, all right? I'm tired. 
And Donald Glover loves to do this thing where he brings up certain topics and certain conversations you see on Twitter and in the shade rude comments, and he puts it in Atlanta and there's no critique, there's no depth, there's no nuance, it's just there. And there's nothing else to it. Like literally made, um, made in America, was that so? This is America. This is America. Like, mm-hmm. That music video completely overshadowed Janelle Monae's amazing, phenomenal, show-stopping, spectacular album, Dirty Computer, which was a phenomenal film, short film that she made, an album that she made talking about her identity as a Black woman and a queer Black woman in America. And it was well thought out, it was beautiful, it was phenomenal. And people only talked about it for two days and then This Is America came out and then everyone was picking that movie, picking that music video apart. The music video is four minutes of nothing. Four minutes of this, that, this, that, and there's no depth. There's no end game. He leaves too much up for interpretation. Like you can't just take all these conversations that we have online that have depth and have nuance and you just put it, like you make it seem like, oh, we're critiquing it. Like you're not engaging with anything critically. Mm-hmm. You're not looking at anything analytically. You're taking things that can be Instagram skits and you're putting it in a TV show and you're trying to do it so people can generate conversation and talk about it. But at this point, it's just, it's nothing. It's like, it's like Barbara, it's like, it's like, it's like those black guys that think that they're so smart and they're so unique and they're so different because they watch anime and they listen to MGMT and they like uh, gorillas and they think they're so different. Like we all like Frick Ocean. You're not slightly, Glenn. What do you think? I'm very annoyed by it too. It's fake deep. It's, it's, I, I hate it because is fake deep better than not having the conversation at all? Maybe. I will say it definitely, like, as much as This Is America didn't change anything, it got people talking about some issues that they were actively avoiding before. I'm not sure if that overall resulted in, like, any positive impacts, but... I don't know, is it better to have people talking about the issues or to be actively ignoring them? I think that when you create things, you need to have a certain message and purpose in mind. But if you just want to take like certain buzzwords, topics, popular subjects within social justice, and then throw everything to the wall and just throw everything in their TV show and just leave everything up for other people to have the conversation and for you to not really have a stake or a say or an opinion, like why are we here you know like is atlanta a funny show yes has atlanta has some really good moments yeah like i loved um paperboy's episode uh where he literally just gets lost in atlanta in the world mm -hmm. because that was kind of like a metaphor for brian terry henry who lost his mother in the same year and i really do love a lot of things about atlanta i like to know more about Ernest and possibly like his undiagnosed depression because I feel like he probably has that. I'm glad that there was an episode surrounding um, Zazie B's character, I forgot her name, but I love that it tied in her own German heritage in that episode and her yeah. own blackness and how she's trying to uh, like bring Ern into like her life, you know, and not just be like his fuck buddy on the weekends, you know what I mean? I, I also think that obviously, Elgenta, I know that the writers are mainly black men, and I know this because there was that episode with Z- Zazie Beat's character going to Drake's house. It wasn't Drake's house. And essentially, like, they were there and they were, like, partying. And then this one Black girl got upset at a white girl because she had a Black boyfriend. And the Black girl was getting unreasonably mad 
and irrationally upset at her and the white girl was just like oh we met in college we fell in love and it was just like it was just love at first sight she's like no we shouldn't be with that black boy because you're white and nobody no black woman cares that much about interracial or intraracial love we don't you think that we do but we don't and if you talk to a black woman they would tell you that but if you talk to other black people that they white people y'all think that black people care about your white boyfriend or girlfriend and we do not it's fine what we care about is when your white person that you're dating thinks that they can hop into conversations of blackness when the white person you're dating starts saying things that anti-black when black people who date white people start saying things like i only date black people or black white people or uh, latina people because black women are loud black women are ghetto black women are ratchet black men are thugs black men don't make no money Black men don't come up in the world. Black men are ugly. Black women are ugly. Black women click horses. Like when y'all say these things, that's when we have a problem. But if you want to have your relationship and just have your relationship and leave the rest of us out of it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. There's no issue. Y'all are the issue. You're in your heads about this. Childish Gambino, nobody cares that you only date Asian women. No one cares. No one ever cared. We knew that from the second we met you. Like you worked on Third Rock, you're friends with Tina Fey. We know this, okay? But, and also it ties back to, you know, him interviewing himself, asking himself if he's scared of black women. Like, y'all are so cringy. <sighs> yeah. I mean, a critical acclaim doesn't make people not be lame. You know what I mean? No. I mean, like, <laughs> yes, I do know what you mean. Um. Yeah. Um, one last thing. Um, recently, there was a leak from the Supreme Court that Roe v. Wade may be overturned. I just want to let you guys know that possibly will not happen until the end of May or early June. And um, even though it is a leak, there are still things that can be done and there are still local organizations you can donate to in order to help abortion rights still be accessible within your local districts. I was about to say at this point, it's basically all but confirmed. Mm-hmm. Like I have, um, like even as we were recording now, I've had at least seven of my friends who live in um who live in like different parts of Europe text me specifically like, hey, like the our government officials are saying that this is like real. Like, is this true? And I was like, yikes. Like it's been like hours. And like people I know in Italy, in France, in England, and in Germany have all already reached out to me. So if this is I mean, it seems pretty a pretty reliable leak at the very least <sighs> y'all i fucking hate it here i fucking hate it here and another thing is that like one thing people understand is that when you start to criminalize abortion they're going to criminalize any scenario in which the baby does not come to term in the pregnancy mm-hmm. that means eptopic pregnancies that means miscarriages that means stillbirths and those things are not things that are like abortions which should be of somebody's choice and should be done safely. So I I truly, I'm just, I'm pissed. I'm just fucking pissed and I'm annoyed and I'm tired of this shit. And I, I'm just gonna not go on Twitter for the rest of the day today. And you know, yeah, <clears throat> there's an election going on where I live <clears throat> and I'm gonna be sure to vote because I know where my votes lie. And it's hard to like tell people to vote because at the same time, it's like, oh, you vote, and then the people you elect don't do it. Like, ah, it's, we live in a society, you know? Yes, yes. We live we in do. a society. Anyways, that's it. <laughs> do you have anything else to say, Glenn? 
Um, no, but like all those places that you mentioned, like links or like ways that you can support or help or petitions or money to donate anything. Like obviously all those links that we can find and like collect will be below because yeah, I mean we'll it doesn't put in the description. Like we will definitely if this leak is completely real, then we need those links more than if this is just a rumor. Yeah, like guys. Uh, so yeah. Uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of I the Maid to watch that. Uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh. Share the podcast with your friends. Uh, we we appreciate your listens, and mm-hmm. we will see you guys next week with another episode. Uh, bye, bye, guys.